0: What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to the X-Clown Show, your favorite Panthers podcast. I'm Steven Sears, joined always by Brian Emery and Chase Pletcher. How y'all doing today? We're good. Yep, doing fine. Taking it easy.
1: Doing some playoff basketball this weekend? Hell yeah. Still a little salty about how the Hornets' plan went down, so... I haven't I don't, gotten over
0: that yet. I don't even know <laughs> what you're talking
1: about.
2: It, it, it just seems like a different sport watching watching these playoff teams versus watching the Hornets. It's just like, man, it feels like we're in like a G League team. Yeah, yeah
0: no, they, uh, we definitely wouldn't be able to compete in like either of those playing games <laughs> that happened. It was oh,
1: absolutely. Just, it would have been so ugly, I think. Yeah, no.
2: We just don't got the dogs.
1: Horrendous.
0: Well, we got some big Panther news this week. We're going to be talking about some quarterbacks, maybe some offensive linemen in the draft, for better or worse, especially mm-hmm. on the quarterback side. Uh, first, we got trivia,
2: Chase. Yeah. Okay, so I got, got a pretty good one today. Um, so there's two parts to it, um, you know, one at each end. So if you take away our NFC South opponents, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Bucks. Which team, and this is including, this is like any game, regular season, playoffs, well, not preseason, but any game, which team do the Panthers have the most wins against and which team do the Panthers have the most losses against that aren't our division opponents right now?
1: Sorry, I re- repeat
2: that. So if you take out the three teams we play like twice a year, every single year, the other 28 teams, which of those 28 teams do the Panthers have the most all-time wins against, and which one do they have the most all-time losses against?
1: Dude, where do you pull these questions from? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is where just
1: my total lack of knowledge of, like, the 90s is just literally going to come back to yeah. my age, right?
2: Yeah. You just got, like – yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard question, but, like, you know, keep in mind, you know, let's say – What's, like, the past that we can remember ever since, like, Cam? Let's say, like, most of it, we probably all vividly remember a lot of the results since Cam. That's damn near almost half of, like, our team's history. True. And so, it's, like, if you recognize some trends from then, you know.
1: And you, you said that includes, like, playoff games, right?
2: Yeah, any, any game,
1: definitely. Yeah. Any game. Any game. I have my guess for the most wins. I can't say I feel good about it, but I at least know what I'm going to say. But the losses ones, yeah, I've got to think on that for a few more minutes.
0: I've definitely got to – I don't have a reasonable guess, but I'm guessing. <laughs> I have nothing to back my guesses.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Let's see. losses. All-time losses.
2: I will, I'll give you guys a hint with both answers. The including playoffs part either makes or breaks a, either a tiebreaker or something on, on both ends.
1: Okay. That's okay. All right. I'm sending mine. All right. On both
2: ends. Um,
0: Big-time guesses. It's in it,
2: though. <laughs> all right, let's see. Okay, wow. All right. let's see what we got here. So, with the team that we have the most wins against all time, including playoffs, you both were correct. It is the Cardinals. We have 14 wins against the Cardinals all time, including the playoffs. Um, um, if, I, if it wasn't including playoffs, the answer would actually be 49ers with 13. But we've beaten the Cardinals in the playoffs twice. So we have 14 all time ones against the Cardinals. Um, and then losses. Brian, you were incorrect, but Steve, you were correct. Wow. What? So, Let's go. <laughs> so it is the Green Bay Packers. Um, there are, if you just talk about purely regular season, there are four teams that the Panthers have 10 losses to all time in the regular season Cowboys, Packers, Vikings, and the football team. But as you guys remember, as we all so fondly remember, the 1996 NFC Championship game, you know, mm-hmm. when, I was, when I was negative two years old, um, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers beat us in that game. So we have 11 losses to the Packers all time.
1: They definitely came in my mind, but I remembered like that stretch. We just could not beat the Seahawks at all. And then when they beat us in the playoffs that year, like yeah. the seven, eight, and one team, I was like, all right, that's going to be my guess. But the Packers were, they definitely floated in my mind. Like, I'm not the, making that up.
2: The Seahawks isn't a bad guess because out of all the teams in the NFC, the only team we have a worse win percentage against than the Seahawks is actually, believe it or not, the Cowboys. We're three and 10 against the Cowboys all time. Four, really? four and 10, if you count the playoffs, because we beat them. No, five and ten if you count the playoffs, though, because we beat them twice in the playoffs. Yeah. But the Seahawks, we are three and eight against all time, so like we're not very good against them. And then if you count playoffs, we're three and nine. So you're you're like two away with the Seahawks. Yeah, because I remember watching us lose to the Seahawks in the playoffs twice. Well, well, yeah, three three and ten actually if you count the playoffs. So yeah, you were like the Seahawks are one off based on all right. One.
0: Well, I'll, I can live with that. I can yeah, live with that. The uh, the playoff end really kind of carried me there because once yeah. you said playoff, I'd immediately like. Thought about yeah. who we could have lost to, and Packers were kind of the one that popped up
2: from like the olden days. So yeah, okay. I, I, I figured talk like specifying the playoffs would probably help y'all a little bit, at least with the Cardinals because we've like owned them lately, and we've yeah. beat them in the playoffs twice yeah. recently.
1: That Cardinals guess almost seemed too easy because I was like, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> we beat them this year, we beat them the year before, we beat them twice in the playoffs, so. Yeah, yeah that definitely that was the first one that came in my mind for most wins.
2: Yeah, the, the top three, actually, if you just talk about wins, it's Cardinals with 14, Niners with 13, Rams with 13. And part of that is remember we were in the NFC West for a couple yeah. years um, at first. Yeah. But true then true. also like all I mean, all three of those teams we beat a decent bit lately, and then also in the playoffs. I mean Jimmy so,
1: Jimmy Clausen got a dub against the Cardinals. So I mean exactly. that, was, that was Jimmy G,
2: point. Kyle Allen, and Teddy. So yeah. And PJ <laughs> Walker. <laughs> so yeah quite quite a few people so so yeah that was the truth for today you know uh, steve two for two brian one for two not bad let's go i can i can live with that i can live with that let's go
0: all right so our original plan this week was to talk about uh, a couple rookie quarterback prospects malik willis and kenny pickett as we head into the draft i think we're now shifting that since we apparently are in love with baker mayfield or something along those lines i don't know i saw a report today that said uh they're torn like because half the front office doesn't really trust them. And the other half just thinks there's nothing better that we could possibly do than than besides get him. So what are y'all quick thoughts on that before we dive deeper into it?
1: Uh, Okay. So, I mean, on one hand, like I kind of get the people in the front office, if that report is true, that they're like, okay, like, you know, maybe it's not ideal, but, it, it is our best chance to win next year because I think we all would probably agree that this is not the most appealing class. Of- and that doesn't mean that one of them can't end up being a really good starter. Like I expect from this crop, one or two of these guys are going to end up being good, but it's still a pretty big roll of the dice. The class isn't as big as last year. Um, like I guess if they end up bringing in Baker, Jimmy G, as long as the price isn't just ridiculous and I really don't think it can be because I mean, Carolina is like the only market. Yeah. for either Baker or Garoppolo right now. So, I mean, I'm just kind of like whatever on it. I I'm, I'll probably talk myself into it somehow. Uh, but I mean, you know, I'm just kind of like at this point, like, you know, I, I get it, I guess it's not the most exciting thing, but I do get the argument that maybe it gives them the best chance to win next year, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we all see a lot of fans pray every day like, oh, tank for Stroud or young, you know, and I get that. But whether people want to like accept it or not, they are going to. The Panthers are trying to operate like they're trying to win as many games as they possibly can next year in the short term. Whether or not people think that's the right move or not, Rule is obviously going to try to save his job. Hell, even Fitter. I mean, all these dudes are trying to fight for their jobs. Tepper knows we're fed up. Like, they're not going to just accept, okay, you know, we'll just be shitty again another year. So, whether people want to accept it or not, even in the, if you're just looking short term, they're going to try to do whatever they can to win as much as they possibly can next year. And if you're looking at the market, yeah, like, to be honest, Baker and Jimmy are probably your best bets. When they're both healthy, whether, once again, whether people want to accept it or not, they're both probably, like, they're nowhere near as bad as Sam. Like, it's very obvious. They have both have been quarterbacks of teams that have won playoff games, even if they weren't the reason for the wins. They, I mean, Baker has two seasons that are worlds above anything Sam's ever put up. Baker's yeah. worst season, where he was playing with the torn labor, mind you, was about on par with what Sam's best season. So, um, you know, Baker had better teams around him, but even if you're just looking individually, they're very clearly better than Sam. So that, that's how the front office views it, and so I can understand why they're interested in the short term trying to save their jobs.
1: And like. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. One more thing I thought of as well is I do think I think Matt Rule kind of like wants to try to build this team with a similar model to what like I guess through the 2020 Cleveland Browns used. Just you know, run the heck out of the ball. You know, play good defense. And you know, Baker's clearly shown that he can do that. I guess you know because again, in 2020, the Browns made the playoffs. They won a game. So I mean. I don't know like I, I don't think that's gonna happen for us next year but you know matt rule said time and time again like on offense like he wants to run the ball we think that's part of the reason joe brady was fired in the first place so
0: yeah brian i kind of agree with like your uh your first point when you said you're kind of just like whatever on it um i think at the end of the day with both these guys like they're both coming in on one-year contracts so mm-hmm. like I don't know. I mean, like if it's bad, then it's whatever rules gone. We, we start over. If it works, then, you know, great. So I'm all for like, I mean, in terms of like how the draft board is like playing out, you know, I'm all for taking either three of those offensive tackles ahead of any of the quarterbacks so far. I think they should just trade back if possible. Um, But, I mean, we'll see what happens with that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of those things now. I mean, we love joking around a lot. I think it's one of those things now. It's easy to hear Baker, Jimmy's name, and just be like, oh, God. Like, you know, I'd rather like – you know, I'd I'd rather, you know, never watch football again than one of them. And, you know, it's easy to joke about that. But then when you really start thinking between the contract situation and a lot of other factors, I mean, it's – I understand it in a way. But I think the reason it's particularly hard to – except I think for a lot of fans or will be when it happens because I do think one of those will happen. I'd give it like a 90% chance at this point. It's because it feels like it's the third year in a row we're trying to do some type of reclamation project, rehabilitation center for QBs thing, like saving Teddy's career, saving Sam's career. If we had just rode out the last couple of years with, say, like Cam or Greer or whoever the hell it was. Even Teddy, like let Teddy do what he had to do in his contract. Yeah. Yeah. Even Teddy, I don't think it'd be as, I don't think we'd be scoffing at the idea of trying to save Baker nearly as much because pretend like we wrote up, we, we did last year with Teddy, same results, 5 and 12, 6 and 11, whatever. And then it's like we, we're in these Baker talks. I don't think we have as sour of a taste in our mouth about trying to save another quarterback because, I mean, Baker is better than Sam, and he has been, and he's proven he's better than Sam. Yeah. But I'm not gonna lie, we got Baker. We start off like we start off like one and zero with Baker. <laughs> 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 but, well, hey, hey, hey. hey, those dancing vids, you know Baker, you know they talk about putting him in the Hall of Fame. Those dancing vids, all that planting the flag at midfield at Ohio State. Like, you know what? That personality, it might start rubbing off on me a little bit. I might be out there at the Roaring Riot tailgates at the doghouse an hour before the game. Mm -hmm. you know dance circle okay (laughs) doing doing that baker dance like i might get that chip on my shoulder too like that chip on my shoulder is gonna continue to grow just like bakers like baker is one of those dudes that hypothetically speaking if we were actually balling with him it'd be kind of fun to cheer for because like a lot of people hate him he's kind of a douchebag and so it's kind of like it kind of would be fun i don't think it would happen but i'm just saying I, I, I could find a way to talk <laughs> myself into it. I can, I can, yeah, I yeah, could talk man, myself I into
1: anything. I, I do think – I think it's kind of interesting because apparently Ben McAdoo was not high on Baker Mayfield even yeah. a little bit, like when he was the head coach. Oh, he yeah. So, like, so, like, I mean, like, maybe McAdoo's like, all right, well, like, I know this dude's an upgrade for Darnold, so he'll give you a better chance to win, but – Again, I still wonder like if McAdoo's gonna have any say at all, which you would think they let him at least, you know, have some input here and there. But I think that would be a little interesting because we know McAdoo was on record. Like he was not a fan of this guy. And you know, maybe he's seen something in Baker's first few years to kind of change that perspective, but still interesting dynamic, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly I feel like you know, obviously he had his he had his struggles over the past year or so, but I feel like he's kind of getting a little bit too much disrespect from people. Like I don't, you know, torn labrum and everything. It's like people don't even like really recognize that that he was playing through it, and you, you know, he wasn't like the worst player ever when he was, you know, healthy and involved. Right.
2: No, no, not at all. I mean, we've all seen the past chart, right? The past. He short. whooped our ass. I mean, <laughs> damn. No, yeah, exactly. Like I'm not about to try to sound like I'm on here talking like, oh, Baker's gonna become a Hall of Fame quarterback or nothing. But like when I a few weeks ago, I made like a joking like QB tier list. So I was like quarterbacks just based off of how much like I like. them. And I had Baker in a class of his own where it was like I'm not really a fan of him, but like it feels like people are starting to like overcorrect the hate a little bit. Like he might actually be starting to get overhated. Like I genuinely think he's like a starter in the league. Yeah. I mean they were a Chad Henney like crazy fourth down play from maybe going to the AFC championship game a couple years ago. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that. And like I I legitimately thought he was decent, you know. He he's young. I don't even though he had that labor injury, I don't really think he's made a glass the same way I think Jimmy is. But yeah, yeah. The, the big issue is I don't want Baker and the team feels this way. I don't want Baker if it also means we're paying Sam. That just seems extremely stupid. They're gonna. So, well, I don't. I don't think that's possible. Like
1: I think yeah. either Cleveland's gonna be in a ton of that salary. Like because I saw like we have thirty million dollars of cap space right now, but apparently only like um of that right now is usable or, or some. I, I don't. This is where I kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But yeah, like I, I think like if they're going to get either of these dudes, they're going to have to work something out. Either, like, you know, the team's going to, like, again, eat a lot of either Baker or Garoppolo's salary, you know, depending on which one they go for. Like, I don't know how that's it's going to work, but there's going to have to be a little bit more shuffling that's going to take place if they're going to get either, I think.
0: The, the Browns got to
1: eat all that. Like, oh yeah, they,
0: they put themselves in that situation. We're helping them out by taking Baker. And no one wants them. So like, yeah. you take your fifth round pick and eat. who, who want me? <laughs> no, one hundred percent.
2: like I, I I don't know. It's like we we people. Someone's probably gonna listen. to and just be like, damn, these dumbasses are really doing the same thing that people did with like Sam Darnold trying to talk <laughs> to it. But like that's just that's just being a fan. I that, I think that's just the type of I am. I was at my boys last night. We were watching some basketball games, and so we were just talking like. I don't want to like lose, you know. As much as I talk about, I'm done with this team. I want to be able to go to every home game next year and be like, "Hey, we like just be that the stupid fan that thinks they're going to the Super Bowl after they win one game." Like that is fun for me to be like an obnoxious, stupid fan during the season, and so that's what I want. So like, no matter who our quarterback is, besides the year with Teddy, because I was upset about the Cam stuff, I want to be able to just be like a stupid, biased fan that thinks I'm gonna we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Like, that's just
0: me. I don't think that was us last year, though. When we signed Sam, I'm pretty sure we were both.
2: Oh, right. Like, we're going to lose. There's <laughs> a little bit of, like, cautious optimism. Then we got the 3-0. and Like, part of it yeah, is just fair, joking. Was. Like, like, if we started 2-0 and with Baker, I'd be like, Baker's going to win MVP. Obviously, I don't think Baker's going to win MVP, but it's just me, like, just having fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just, I just want to be on
1: the in the hunt graphic in December. <laughs> yes. I want to be the, the game.
2: Yeah, it's it's a rush really. You know, you're watching you're watching Sunday night football and they're like, and we got the Green Bay Packers sitting here at 12 and 2 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11 and 3 and the hunt, you got the Carolina Panthers sitting at 7 and 7. You know, <laughs> like something like that. But, no, I I totally agree. People who act like it's just getting
1: Sam Donald all over again, like, come on, like, Baker Mayfield took a team to the playoffs. He won a game in the playoffs. Like the Browns. Yeah. Do I think he's going to be a long-term answer for the next 12 years? Absolutely not. But, like, I mean, if you just got to pay, like, a fifth-round pick with only one year left on his deal, like, I I get it. Like, Because, again, like, I would love to just go one and sixteen this year, get CJ or Bryce, start fresh there, they're not gonna do that. Like these dudes are coaching for their job. So that's not that's not on the table. Like they're gonna do something at quarterback. So, you know, it's whatever, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, even with the money thing, like even if we had to take on both him and Sam's contract, like if it were possible, I mean, at this point we've already gone through free
1: agency. So like what what are we really saving for, you know? yeah yeah I, I definitely agree so here, here's a question like and this is again this i mean we don't if this is going to happen or not yet but let's say they do bring in baker or jimmy uh where do you think either of those guys ranks in the pecking order in the nfc south of the quarterback position next year i mean i know we don't like them brady's probably one on our list i'm gonna say where where, where does baker or jimmy fall after that um, I
0: mean, probably they're, third,
2: they're, they're definitely above Mariota. I mean, I, I have yeah. to see Mariota play f- games that aren't just him running the wildcat in the end zone uh, before yeah. I can, I can give him a, put him over Baker. I mean, Mariota was a backup for a couple years for a reason. So, I right. guess the question, would you rather have Baker,
1: Jimmy or Jameis? Like, like, I guess that's the question we're kind of boiling this down to. Um,
2: I'll still say Jameis for now. Um,
0: Yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning, and then probably Baker and then Jimmy. I
1: think I might say I think I might.
2: I think it's I I might
1: say Baker. I think I'm already there. I think I'm already there.
2: I I could I I could hear I could hear Baker over Jameis if you're predicating it on that like the health thing, you know? Because in 2020, I don't care that much about box scores. I like Baker. You know, like he put up some decent stats in 2020. It
1: was a run heavy team, but he he did his job for the most part. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I so I I could hear I could hear Baker over Jameis. I could I could hear that argument, especially with both of them coming off injuries. I can't say for certain Jame Jameis is still going to be that like famous Jameis, just slanging it around the field. <laughs> so. yeah. but I, I would put firm firmly put J, Jimmy G behind both of them. I just to me Jimmy is just made of glass.
1: Yeah, so he reeks when he's healthy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm at the point
1: I would rather have Baker than Jimmy as well. I also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Baker wouldn't require – he isn't owed quite as much money this year. Um, so I think that mm-hmm. kind of, again, it, it kind of leads to making more sense to pursuing Baker over Jimmy if those are their two options. He's also younger, um, so if it works out, then mm-hmm. resign him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like, if you get either one, they have a decent year, and the team, again, is, like, you know, okay, average, and, like, okay, just, you know, give another one-year extension, like, whatever, and, you know, kind of see where the cards fall from there, but, yeah, for sure.
0: So, how will we rank them, or how would y'all rank them um, compared to, like, these rookie quarterbacks coming
1: out? Oof. I don't know, man. Like I've, I've spent some time watching these rookies. And again, like, I mean, all of them, you know, do, you know, interesting things again, like I I think like there's going to be one or two of these guys are going to have like long careers as NFL starters. I I really Mm -hmm. am confident Mm -hmm. in saying that it's just like, I get the argument for any, any of like the, the four, like, like my top four, like I, I like, I like Pickett corral um Willis and Ritter that's in no particular order but like I think out of that group of four maybe lump Sam Howell in there as well for five I think one or two of those dudes like they're they're gonna emerge as NFL starters uh but Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time figuring out which one I think has the best chance to do that per se
2: I mean, it could be, I mean, it could be any of them. You gotta, I, I try to look at past drafts. I mean, we're thinking about some of these dudes. It could even be like that Zap dude that might go in like the fourth round. I mean, you want to think about to a certain draft. Let's say like the 2016 NFL draft. You got the first two picks. You got Goff and Wentz. And then later in the first round, you got Paxton Lynch. Then you got Christian Hackenberg, Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, Connor Cook. The eighth quarterback selected in that draft was Dak. Yeah, Dak, is, crazy. That's, that's crazy. Dak, Dak
1: is crazy. crazy. Dak is in an FTT school. It's not – I mean, like, how did and, he I mean, slip under the radar like that?
2: In, in hindsight, you know, hindsight can be a bitch with stuff like that. And we can say, oh, I can't believe, like, Dak was so late looking back on it because Dak's so good now. But it's like he was the eighth quarterback selected, and he's very much clear of all of those seven – of anybody else in that draft. not even
1: close. Like He's oh, like yeah. a whole galaxy.
2: Like, the second best is literally either Goff or Wentz. And obviously the Wentz and Go- – Dak debates have been very much put to bed, um, mm-hmm. and so it, I mean it's very clearly Dak. So I've been out with a quarterback class like this, where we really don't know. I mean it's easy to say, well, one of Pickett or Willis is going to be the the long term guy. Hell, it might be one of the other, one of the late round dudes. It might be How. Yeah. It might be Zap. It might be Strong. But I agree with you that I'm very confident one of these dudes will be a starter for years. But I genuinely don't know which one <laughs> well, the, the first on my
1: big board right now and don't don't slander too hard is probably Pickett, just because like i think he has the easiest path to becoming an nfl starter but he's probably has like the like the lowest ceiling of those top four guys i mentioned i think yeah so it's, I think, it's really weird for me
0: yeah i mean i've been watching him the past couple days too and i i think he's definitely kind of catching some unnecessary slander like he looks fine um my only gripe with him is that like he wears two gloves, and I I hate that personally from <laughs> aesthetic purpose. But like whatever, but I mean he he can he's got a he's got an okay arm. He can move. He's mobile. Um, smart, accurate throw over the football. Like if he gets to a good position, like he'll figure it out. or At least he should be able to figure it out.
1: Yeah, and, he's de- yeah. Sorry, he he's definitely the one that like I, I think he can jump in on day one and like you know maybe be like a decent starter. Like, do you think? Better or worse prospect than Mac Jones? Worse. Probably
2: worse, yeah. Mac I Jones was so pinpoint in college. Yeah. You know? As much as I just kind of, I mean, I guess I don't really dislike him, but like Mac Jones was so pinpoint. I know he was at Bama, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, his accuracy really, really was insane. I'm like, I guess the, the, only, the only way like you might could give the edge to pick it just a little bit is because like, Pickett does offer way more athletic. Pickett's like like a good athlete. Like I yeah. mean, I think everybody knows that. Like and yeah. Jones offers none of that. But I think I would I would still lean Jones there for sure. I think I think no doubt about that. Just because again, the accuracy was just unreal that last year he
2: was at Bama. The, yeah, definitely. I, the I mean, other I just, thing people are missing with Pickett, and I really think this is something you really have to consider, is if you purely look at his face, he kind of looks like Justin Herbert. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, I see that. I
1: see that. I
2: was thinking the same thing that he's got the long hair and everything to go with it. Yeah, with that like the slight little facial hair, like got the mustache, (laughs) you know. So he kind of looks like Justin Herbert. So, you know, it's one of those like speak into existence things. Hey, one one Panther fan on Twitter, I'm not going
1: to name that is also as a Panthers podcast. He he made that comparison, not just by looks, by actual playing style as well. I was like, okay, man, let's let's pump the brakes there a little bit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is that like Justin Herbert in Oregon? Because I remember everyone hating
1: him when he came out from Oregon. Or is that like Justin so, Herbert? No, NFL? like I think I think he's saying like he thinks Pickett can be like Justin Herbert in the NFL. And I was like, whoa, there. Like let's, let's uh, I, I, I'm not sure he has the facilities for that one,
0: right? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I
0: I like his arm strength, but I don't think it's like that consistent. Like I feel like when he throws like a like a nice ball, he kind of like almost puts everything he has into it. And I don't think that's
1: like too sustainable, but it's yeah. there. It's there. So so speak, speaking to Justin Herbert, so I, I guess like I think everybody's favorite quarterback prospect in this class is Malik Willis, who just has like these just crazy highlight reel plays. And, and wow. I've said I said like since like September, I was like, OK, because I'll, I'll go on record with this. I I thought – I said both Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. I said, neither of these dudes should be first-round draft picks. And now they're top five quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. So I'm like, I am never, ever going to sleep on just like the athletic, just crazy, freaky arm, like, talent package anymore. And that's what Willis offers. So what y'all think about him?
0: I, I feel like – I don't know. So I've been watching him too, and, like, I feel like what – like the media and like the quote unquote smart guys like say about him is pretty spot on, like very raw. He's got, he's got a cannon of an arm and his mobility is like pretty insane. Like he's kind of got like these capability, like on like cams level. I feel like, like he can get out of any kind of situation, but, um, when, when he does get out, I feel, I also feel like he doesn't, he doesn't know when to throw the ball away. Like he doesn't know like when to do things like that. He takes like a lot of sacks, um, But, I mean, it's all there. So, if he ends up in, like, the right situation and just puts it all together, just like, you know, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert to a lesser extent, like, he can be good for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, top ten, like, I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. Um, But the potential is there, clearly.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's super interesting. I think the one thing that concerns me, because I completely agree with you on the whole Herbert-Allen thing, Like, ever since then, it's like, you know what, let me take a step back here and not overly judge some of these super raw guys. Um, But I think the one thing that concerns me in comparison to them is – and I didn't really realize this, I guess, until they started doing combine time and stuff. I did not realize he was, like, barely six feet tall. He's tiny, dude. I I did not realize how – Short or like small, he was. Now, like weight-wise, he's not. You know, he's pretty built. He will run you over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I did not realize that he was six feet tall. And people were talking about height doesn't matter. Height doesn't matter. I mean, think about some of these dudes that are a little bit shorter that are still pretty good in our league. But what are some of their biggest downfalls? I think about Russ and Kyler specifically. They cannot throw over the middle of the field, and it feels like it severely hinders them, especially as the seasons go along. I mean, we joke about weeks one through eight, Russ. And post week eight, Russ, that's kind of happened to Kyler a little bit in the past couple of years. And now, of course, I will gladly take that level of play, even the second half of the season, Kyler and Russ play out of Willis if we had him. I'm not starting to act like I don't want somebody that can even play at that level. But I think the height thing as compared to Herbert and Allen, I think their height probably really helps them even when they were raw because of how much longer they can stand in the pocket looking over people. And in just certain factors like that, so that'd be the only kind of little asterisk I'd put if I'm making the comparison between Herbert, Allen, and Pick and Willis, is even though he's probably a little bit more athletic than Herbert, at least probably not Allen. The height thing probably concerns me a little bit when I'm if I'm looking for like a one-to-one comp there.
1: Yeah, that's fair. The other thing with Willis is just like I just I don't know if he fits our timeline because. Rule obviously needs someone he can trust to come in and play this year. I, I really do think like whoever drafts Willis, you should probably throw that red shirt on him for an entire, like I think the, the most beneficial thing for him, just sit, may, you know, maybe if your team's out of the running by like December, get him some kind of experience then. Uh, but mm-hmm. it really seems like he's got so much to learn. And one, I'm not sure if I trust our coaches to, to teach someone like that, or just have the patience to wait. Like, I don't, I don't know if our coaches, if they can actually afford to take a gamble like that because surely this is a make-or-break year for, for Matt Rule and this yeah. whole coaching staff. I was say that's so. a bad
2: sign for your coaching staff. I <laughs>
0: <can't> trust them. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah that, I, I almost think – now going back to Josh Allen, the year the Bills got Josh Allen, you know, he he came into the game at, at halftime of his first game. But the Bills the year prior, they were a wild-card team, but they are like, okay, we're done with Tyrod. We realize this is our peak with Tyrod, is being like – the six seed, the last team in, yeah, is being like the last team in. We're not going to get any higher, so they're like we're building from the ground up, and so Josh Allen was horrible his rookie year, but he had that whole year to work with. It did not matter how horrible he was, and I feel like that'd probably be the best spot for Willis. I can't think of a, per- a perfect team that that fits for, but a team where there's no pressure on the coaching staff and the fans probably would prefer a complete teardown at that point in time. I, I think the Steelers, like Pitt, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, you're, you're probably because Steelers fans are probably tired of the past couple years. They've been like six seed at best, get smoked in the wild card round. Honestly, like, Tomlin yeah. will
1: probably somehow get ten
2: wins on of him as a rookie, though. Like he'll, right. right. <laughs> like no matter what happens, there's no way Mike Tomlin is finishing under five hundred. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, so I mean, Will. I mean, look. If they stand at six and they take Willis, like, I mean, I won't blame them. Because again, oh yeah, I mean, the, the, the tools yeah. they're definitely there, and I think that would be exciting. Like, I, I don't know if this is the best spot for Malik. Like, if I'm Malik, like, and I, I probably Carolina's probably the last place I'd, I'd want to go, just because again, the coaching staff could be out of there within a year. Like, I don't know. Just a bit of a volatile situation there but look like if the team drafts them like i won't blame i won't blame them again, uh, at all because again like uh, i think it was it was maybe like mike shanahan or someone famously like the way he scouted quarterbacks he was like take every quarterback going into the draft and give me their 25 best throws and we'll make our decision from there and then we're just gonna like basically teach them how to do that every single
2: play like and it kind of <laughs> yeah, makes I... sense when you think about it like it really kind of does
0: I'm yeah. with that. Yeah, honestly. no. Like, if,
2: if we got Willis or even Pickett at six, I mean, they'll have my full support. You know what I mean? Same. Like, like oh, I'm, not I'm, sure. I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna dwell on like, oh, uh, we probably even Matt Corral. Like, even Matt Corral. Like, there's some parts of his game that I like too. So yeah. Or if they wait till one thirty, or if they trade back somehow, and you know, in the second or third, we get a how or. Somebody like that, like, they'll still, you know what I mean? I, I think I love the idea, idea of starting fresh with somebody, just brand new, just starting mm-hmm. over. Because, and, and, I mean, Texans fans, I follow a couple of Texans fans, they had a blast this past year supporting fucking Davis Mills. And, you know, it's, it's just, sometimes it's just fun supporting a brand new face, starting from scratch.
1: Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. And this is just when it, where, where it sucks that, you know, we traded all our day two picks because, again, like, You know, there are not many quarterback-needy teams. Like, someone like Ritter or Howell especially would have been there in the second round. And, like, you know, you could have gotten your offensive line stabilized at six and still, you know, brought in an interesting dude early in the second round. But they don't have that luxury now. So, you know. That's really the kind of guy that we need right now
0: going into this season. (laughs) Because you could just keep Sam. You got, like, your mid-round pick quarterback on of in the – in the waiting room see what he can do if it doesn't work whatever and then we mm-hmm. draft whoever the hell next year yeah which is still possible they could trade back who knows
2: there's, yeah, there's too. a lot of things that can happen in this next week and a half
1: it's very scary isn't it
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so what is just kind of
1: i mean kind of transitioning like what is y'all's ideal i guess outcome with Carolina's current draft capital, like like, what is a somewhat realistic, I guess, outcome that you would just be really really happy with? Um, I'll
0: say so. I'll say trade back for sure. Um, we definitely need to get more picks because we are not good enough to have one pick in the first three rounds. So I would say trade back. Um, if they're set on bringing a quarterback, I say draft one. So if they can trade back it to like that late teens, early 20s kind of area. Take Kenny Pickett there, whatever, or Malik, whoever's available. But then, you know, kind of just go into the next round, taking offensive line, do whatever you got to do to fill out the roster. I would be pretty satisfied with that.
2: Um, Yeah. yeah, I'll say if I had to pick the most ideal – now this involves somehow us getting either – somehow us getting Sam off the books – or the Browns eating the whole contract. But I'll say, I think the most ideal thing for the future is drafting the franchise left tackle. You're getting mm-hmm. Neil Crosser Icky. You're getting you're getting, of, yeah. you're getting Neil Crosser Icky at six. You're getting Baker coming in. You're only paying one of the contracts of Sam or Baker. And you're rolling. Because think about this. If you get a franchise left tackle at six, think about this potential offensive line. Taylor oh, your bookends
1: are set for years. Yeah, T- T-
2: Taylor, yep. Mo- Taylor Moten at right tackle. Uh, Rams guy whose name I cannot remember. At right- Corbett. Corbett at right guard. Bradley Big, Big Bozeman at center. Brady at left guard. Icky Noah Cross at left tackle. That's a good-ass offensive line. That's already three dudes the- from center all the way over to right tackle. Those are three dudes you know for a fact are at least solid offensive linemen. And <laughs> Corbett, Bozeman, and Moten. And you got a dude who like one of the best left tackle prospects in a while potentially. And then a second round pick from last year. Like I'm so I'd be so thrilled with that offensive line that I don't give a shit if people like Baker or not, I'd be so thrilled with that offensive line.
1: Yeah. So so that's what I was going to ask actually, because so many people are banging that trade back drum and I totally get it. And if that's the avenue they pursue, like I'm totally fine with that. I don't blame them, but would you rather, like, if someone tells you, like, you can get either Cross, Icky, or neil, and that's going to be the best franchise left tackle we've had since Jordan Gross, would you rather just stay at six? Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I would do like that. With, without I'm, a doubt. Without, I would definitely I think so, do that.
0: Too. I'm kind of just – I was operating when I said I would trade back for sure that I just kind of assumed all three of those guys are going to be gone. But if one's there and they take one, I'm
2: happy about it. We, need, we need the jugs. To, we need. We need. I, I would love for the Lions to take Malik because not because I like don't want Malik or anything, but because that's just one less. You know, I, I want Aiden Hutchinson and then Malik to go, and then you're just praying that three through five aren't those guys. Yeah, yeah. that's fair.
1: So, um, interesting you bring this up, Chase, because you know Steve mentioned like, what if all three are gone, and that you really don't see that scenario in really any of these like mock drafts that are getting floated on the web these days. But Albert Breer, uh, insider of Sports Illustrated, this was maybe on like Thursday or Friday. He posted an article about the first 12 picks Mm -hmm. and what he's hearing. And he said his best early guess, he has Jacksonville taking Aiden Hutchinson. No surprise there. He has Detroit taking Travon Walker. Again, not really a surprise. Then he has Neil Icky, and um, Cross going three through five. So, yeah. there is a scenario all three are gone and that just that seems like this nightmare nightmare world for carolina
0: yeah i'm also looking at the uh i'm looking i was looking at the tankathon like mock or whatever just like have the prospects name in my
1: head and all three are gone before six so breer and and breer in this article he said like the people around the league he talks to there's still a lot of people who his his literary words he said a lot of people think carolina still is gonna just uh like swallow hard and draft a quarterback as he phrased it we said as to which one they don't really know i think he had willis and and as his uh, best early guess so you know there's still people around the league who think the panthers are going to go quarterback no matter what and like you know they have you know scott fitter has you know made multiple comments this off season about how at some point you know you've got to take your chance on the guy. so mm-hmm. I mean, even if one of those three are there and they still draft a quarterback, I wouldn't totally be surprised. So, it's going to be really interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, What else do we got? So, yeah. um, I mean, do you guys – I probably know what Chase's answer is, but let's just focus on the offensive lineman. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be some – you know, great scout when it comes to analyzing offensive line play. But if you could have your choice of Cross, Icky, or Neil, do you guys have just like what what your dream? If one of those guys are there, like who would your favorite one be? Oh, I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, Neil obviously seems like a a specimen. So I would. I would <laughs> Wasn't I would he more the right
1: tackle him. at Bama though, or am I wrong about that? Um, like, I think he convenient. played both. I
0: think most recently he played left tackle. Though. Okay. Okay. Icky yeah. also looks like a dog, so I would have
2: no problem. I think Icky's my favorite of the three. People are saying Icky's like I've seen people say he's a little raw, like technique-wise and in, and mm-hmm. in pass blocking, but like most of the like you know he's he's a dog in the run game, and then it's like his his traits, you know, I mean, at like just his measurables and his traits, athletic athleticism-wise is so like elite that I feel like you can. You know you should, you know work on technique a little bit
0: yeah I mean he definitely seemed like a guy you want protecting your quarterback's blind side and then Neil yeah. just seems like a guy who was like carved to play the position like
1: from
2: the I, I, will, I will say I will say the one guy trading back and getting all on seemed so much better of an idea before we got Bozeman obviously because I was thinking of the Iowa dude mm-hmm. at yeah, born, I, I was like really cool with it then but not now and it's like I'd also if they're gone three through five and we trade back I don't know all the prospects, but I can say for a fact, I don't want that pinning dude.
1: yeah, <laughs> he is, I, I don't know, man. I, apparently like apparently he's just super raw, and yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't apparently know. he was
2: PFF's know. like best run blocking person ever, or something, but like the dude, he just screams like, okay, like it, it's like how you used to see res- uh, highlights of receivers where they'd roast the corner in practice after doing about 10 seconds of cuts. And, like, his stopping goes. It's like the quarterback's going to be sacked at that point. A lot of penning seems like that. It's like he'll get pushed back about 20 feet, and then he'll just so happen to put the lineman on his back.
1: Or he'll commit a stupid penalty, and he's, like, not even good. Like, you know. yeah.
2: Like, I'll say I really don't want him. So I'm just praying that one of those three dudes can be there at six if we stay.
1: Yeah. Um, one more, like, thing I thought of with Icky is, like, even if he doesn't pan out as a left tackle, like, he could be the best left guard in the NFL. And that's still, like, a really good pick there. It, so. Maybe he
2: plays left guard and Brady just plays left tackle. You yeah, know yeah I mean? that would
1: be fine if he like, cares. So, yeah, I think, Icky, I think Icky would be my dream, like, and I will, like, I'm, I get higher on Charles Cross the more I read about him. Just, like, super athletic, really good in pass pro. Like, I mean, if, if they just stand pat yeah. at six, and they take any three of those guys. Like I, I, I will be, I'll be happy. Like I won't blame them at all.
0: Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Either three of those guys at six is fine. Um, honestly, the quarterbacks at six, I'm a little iffy about. But I mean, I totally get it if that's what they have to do. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would. Yeah, again, like if all three of the uh, the tackles are gone, and I, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, still, so many people. Like, it seems like Detroit and Jacksonville are locks to go defense. Like, may I mean, Jacksonville would be warranted to go offensive line, but it seems like they're down to the Hutchinson or Walker. Detroit's going to go defense, it seems like, unless they pull a wild card and take Malik. So that means you'd have to have Houston, Jets, and Giants all go to, like, one, two, three. And that could happen. Like, they all have a need there um mm-hmm. but i just i don't know i think houston could take like sauce Gardner. i think i think i think Gardner's is going to be a top five pick which will push one of, at least one of those three to carolina
0: i was gonna ask yeah. um
1: i mean like what if like our ideal
0: prospects are gone and we can't trade back and you're looking at guys like sauce Gardner or like Thibodeau, man. Or,
1: Thibodeau, or, Thibodeau. So, yeah, yeah. debito like what would y'all feel, how would y'all feel about that No cornerback. I don't care how good he is. Like, we cannot draft another cornerback. But (laughs) if they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau, like, I, again, I'd be fine with that because I I think he's just like a freakish prospect. You can never have too many good pass rushers. So I would be, I mean, I think that would be a fine outcome as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, really, we only have burns. So, like, yeah.
1: I mean, think about how you view like gross matos or whatever. But that's true. Yeah. Or, dude, e- either wide receiver, man, like, again, like, I don't want to bring this back up. Uh, I mean, don't get me started. <laughs> dude, do we feel great about any number two
2: option we have right now? Oh, no. no. I mean, I, I I don't really think Robbie's all that. So, and, oh, we got, got also, true You also Zill's don't true. think DJ's a,
0: uh, a true number one, do you? So, I mean,
2: I, I think it depends on if by true number one you mean a top 32 receiver in the league. Which he definitely is, or if like a true wide receiver one, you're talking like, I don't know, I can't. Yeah, I'm cut saying off like, creator.
0: I'm saying like a like a true true number one.
2: Like, I, I still just don't know because I'm one person. No, remember, I love DJ, so this is no hate at all. I, I'm perfectly cool with his contract. I think it's good. I don't. There's a part of me that thinks some of DJ's numbers, people talk about, oh, well, he hasn't had a good QB and stuff. I think his type of receiver, the type of receiver he is, I think there's times where he benefited from having a shitty QB, like Kyle Allen, like because he's going to catch it short and get the yak. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I don't know if his yards would be as high if we had a quarterback that could actually, like, spread the ball around the field. So, so, I mean, I think DJ's good. I'll give him, like, top 20-ish receiver in the league. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, so don't, like, sue me. But um, I don't think our wide receiver room – I don't feel as good about it as I did, like, two years ago.
0: Yeah. What are some good ones
1: in this draft? That's all I'm going to say.
2: Um, will <laughs> like Garrett Wilson.
1: Garrett Wilson's my WR1 in this draft.
2: Well, let's yeah. just – we just need to leave them all for the Packers. All right? All right. <laughs> well, so we'll ask this year for us. And the Packers can have the receivers. We'll take everybody else.
1: Are there so – I guess before we kind of wrap things up here, like – obviously Carolina may, might pick sixth on again until 130. are there any like day three prospects that you just kind of had your eye on like um
0: um I mean off the top of my head like I I like this guy Zion McCullum, cornerback from um one of those small schools San San Salmon State uh he's good uh, I like him
1: um He's pushing yeah. cornerback hard, man. Like he, he. Well, wants look, cornerback. I
0: mean, that's that's like a mid-round pick. You can never too any corners, so
1: you know why not? And then, uh,
0: yeah. Wide receiver wise, I like Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. Okay,
1: I remember that. Yeah honestly i just like i followed the first round pretty heavily but like i think just knowing caroline doesn't pick in this rounds two or three like i am not near as well versed on these other Same, yeah I, u- I
0: usually only look at like receivers and corners because that's what i'm just like used to so i don't yeah. really know anything else outside of that I, I
1: am i'm gonna shout out an app state boy demarco jackson real quick he's a like, yeah. really speedy linebacker like and again like I think we could, you know, use another linebacker or, or two kind of in that room. Like, so, I mean, like I would be hyped if they happened to take a dude like that, like, especially like around like five or six or something. I think you could mm-hmm. play at this level for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've really taken a deep dive in like the late day three. Like, Mm -hmm. there's an edge rusher from UAB named, I think it's Alex Wright, if I'm not mistaken. He'll probably be a day two pick, but uh, I like him a good bit too. Okay.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, I don't. It's just, I've all I've thought about is the picks at the top. And other years where I know, you know, we're picking at 40. Seventy stuff like that. It's easier to then kind or of go down off, yeah. to to go down the rabbit hole of other people. Um, but I just I just haven't at all. I mean, I guess the only comment I could make on it is, if at six we get, you know, a tackle or Thibodeau, whoever it is, if we stay at six and we pick a non-quarterback, if somehow at one thirty-seven one of those what is it like top seven guys, is somehow there at seven, so like Zap or Strong, I would. Maybe just take one of them.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah. So That's fair.
2: I...
0: That is fair. We ready to wrap this up, or anyone else got anything to say? Charlotte FC, shout out. Playing kind of well. They lost yesterday, though. but Yeah, you know, I
1: was, was going
2: to bring that we're, up. Yeah, we're a lead there. at home. We're a lead at home. <laughs>
1: Gotta figure out how to get some results on the road. Like, yeah. again, like, they've just given up some of the worst goals I've ever seen. Like, that second goal they gave up last night, just like, oh my God. <laughs> again, like, and I was just bragging on, like, how like, high I was on Guzman Carujo. And then he just kicks it right into, like, a, a rep. <laughs> yeah, just like, kind of like they, a like, mistake. Hit that ball wide, man. Like, come on. Like, that's like, that's, that's like U8 stuff. But, you know, like, that was frustrating. But I don't know. I, I, they just, to me, they still lack creativity, like between the yeah, lines. Like, that's the I don't think thing. there's a true number 10 presence on this team. Um, you know, getting this new guy up to speed, I'm going to butcher his pronunciation, Jauziak, Jauziak, another Polish yeah. guy, that should help. Um, I think he's one of their DPs, so you expect him to be a good player. Uh, but I think that's that's the most alarming weakness I see right now. Like, there's just not enough service for Swidurski, I don't think. Yeah, the creativity is lacking. And then, like, even the finishing
0: product outside of him is, like, pretty poor. Um, we get yeah. to some pretty good chances, but it's like guys just, like, don't really know how to shoot the ball or something. Yeah,
2: yeah all, all in all, you know, it's, it's hard to be too upset with how they've started. I mean, nine points out of 12 at home, zero out of 12 on the road. Um, they should have had – I mean – that that Atlanta game, they really fumbled it in Atlanta. They did, but... Overall, they're like sitting middle table. Can't be too upset. But, yeah, with with a few more road fixtures coming up, I think the next two, maybe three weeks, they have to get some type of result. Yeah, they're not
1: home again until May 7th. So, they're going to have to at least get something out of one of these next two games. Mm-hmm. It's funny to me how every goal we score is just like a worldie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, TTR yeah. man. Like, I- I'm almost wondering. Like, should he maybe be starting again? Because he was starting, yeah, and then... yeah, and he's like first guy off the bench now, and like he's been good in that role. Because again, he came on last week against Atlanta, and he came within like an inch of scoring there at the very end. Uh, so I mean, yeah, like may- maybe try to get him some more minutes because he is almost like really the like, only like number ten presence they have. So
0: they I don't gotta... know, maybe,
1: Get him out there more could help a little
0: bit. They've got like a weird little roster structure because it's you got some pretty solid midfielders. Like I I like Austin Buar and um and Oh uh, Franco. Yeah, they were pretty good. And I like I Bronico. Bronico. Yeah, the Bronico and then Bender as well. So it's like who do you replace like Ortiz with all of those guys? Like I guess you can play him in, in Ruiz's spot, but or not Ruiz, um Rios, but Rios and Swiderski kind of have like a decent
1: partnership going so yeah I don't they know. do I don't, I don't know Swiderski's know. best gains have been, have been with Rios so I don't it's weird like and I don't know if y'all like how closely y'all are following but when like the second dude they bought Riley McGree who they then like, I think he He would have been, been perfect. He was supposed to be like that number 10 yeah. guy. Then they sold him like it was a really impressive like bit of business like they like in, their yeah. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. But they just clearly they don't have like a contingency plan because like that's just like a still huge open spot on the roster, and like when you don't have that presence in your midfield, it's gonna be hard to create chances. And like that's kind of a problem they're running into. So we'll see how they adapt. And still super early, like Chase said a little while ago.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been better than we
1: expected so far. So I yep. Still early. They can make some stuff happen. Yeah.
0: Well, if we're good to go, I
1: can we can wrap this up.
2: Yeah. Sounds All good. Right. Yeah.
0: All right. Good well, stuff. that was the, uh, the X Clown show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the X Clown Pod or show, whatever it is. Um, I'm Steve Sears. That's Chase Fletcher and Brian Emery. We will catch y'all next time. Peace. See
2: ya. See ya.